to um, the book of Mark, book of Mark, and we will we'll speak on this subject of Palm Sunday, and uh, maybe we can hit those lights so we can see that. Pastor Tony, if you can just shut that front light off. Um, Palm Sunday, um, Mark chapter 11. And when we celebrate Palm Sunday, it, and everybody got a, a palm leaf today, right? Correct? Thank you, Aggie, for organizing that. And uh, and by the way, it is so great to have Clara back, Sister Clara, isn't it? Isn't it awesome? It's so what a blessing. We've been praying for her, and she's been in the hospital and out of the hospital, but she's just such a determined woman of God that loves God, that has such a beautiful portion, and we all have just received so much from her. I thought if she's up to it, I thought if you're up to it at the end of the service, maybe would you like to lead us in that one song that you do, Amen? Yeah, so she was going to, how many would like to hear that? I miss hearing her sing. She's a faithful woman of God, many years serving the Lord, and uh, she's going to still be serving God when most of us are gone, I think. <laughs> faithful woman, and um, what an answer to prayer. Mark chapter 11, verse 9, it says this. I'm going to read these verses together. And those went before, and those who followed after were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of the kingdom of our father David, Hosanna, in the highest. Verse 8, it says that they spread their garments on the road, and others spread palm leaves, which they had cut from the fields. And verse 11, he entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. And after looking around, and that's important, after he came into the temple looking around, he departed for Bethany with the twelve since it was already late. Today marks the beginning of Passion Week, the week that we celebrate um, one of the most incredible weeks in uh, history. Because this is the week that Jesus Christ came to Jerusalem and fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, many, many prophecies. And when we talk about Palm Sunday, we really love palms, and we, I have some here. We really enjoy the tradition of things, but palm has, palms have very little to do with the huge significance of what Palm Sunday is and what Easter Sunday is. Palm Sunday, or this day in history, is called... Um, was fell on a on a Jewish month called Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. No, not the car, Nisan, but the month, Nisan. And just like um, we have names of months for our calendar, uh, the Jews have their own calendar. The Jewish calendar is different, by the way. They have a different year than we do, and they have a different month. The month of Nisan happened at the end of March, the beginning of April. And this was a time when a lot of things had happened historically. We know that God's calendar is based on the Jewish calendar. 
Um, all of prophecy is based in the Bible on uh, dates and years in Jewish, the Jewish calendar. God's calendar is not based on the Roman calendar or any other calendar other than the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar, and I'll just say this briefly, that the Jewish calendar is based on moons and not based on sun. Our, our year is based on a 365 uh, solar year, isn't it? Our month is based on a, uh, predominantly on a solar month. But the Jews, from divine instruction, were given a calendar by God that was based on something different, that was not like any other pagan calendar. And so the story of Palm Sunday, or that Sunday that Jesus enters into Jerusalem, begins all the way back into Exodus, Exodus chapter 12. Verses 1 through 5, and I have it up here on the screen. The tenth day of Nisan was a day that the Israelites, who were enslaved at the time in Egypt, remember that? This is before Moses took them out. They were enslaved in Egypt, and there were going to be ten plagues. And follow me, this is going to be a little history today. You're going to leave the service today, and you're going to say, wow, I learned something on Palm Sunday. The Israelites were, through the leadership of Moses, were experiencing, or going to experience, uh, the hand of God judging and falling upon Egypt through ten plagues. The last plague was the plague of where the death angel was going to go around Egypt and slay all the firstborn of the Egyptians, including the Pharaoh's son. And any... Any Jewish family, any Israeli family that were that followed the instructions of Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, were spared. Their first son was spared. And the tenth day of Nisan was this day when they were to choose a lamb. God told them, and by the way, this month actually was called a different month. And that is because, for those that are really paying attention to details... The month of Nisan was called before the deliverance of Israel. It was called A-V-I-V, Aviv. God told them, take a lamb, one per, per household, and take a lamb that's big enough that the whole household would be able to eat it and sacrifice it. But before they were to sacrifice it, they were to do this on the 10th day of this month, Nisan, they were to take a lamb and they were to have it for four days, three or four days, and to make sure it had no imperfections, no blemishes, no spots, no defects. And this lamb was to be with them in the house, run around, and to be with to be with this family. And it was to actually become an endeared pet of the family. Can you imagine that? These little lambs. How many have ever seen a real little lamb? Very cute, aren't they? And they you can get attached to it very quickly. And so this lamb was on the 10th day of Nisan, was to come into the house to be inspected by the household, by the family, and it was to be big enough for the whole house. And now we're thinking in the back of our minds, aren't we, that the lamb here is representative of who? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God in John chapter 1. And so the lamb here is really the Lamb of God. In Exodus chapter 12, this lamb was to be given as a sacrifice. And it would be big enough for the whole family. And so after four days, the lamb would be slain. And that would be on day of the 14th day of Nisan. 
And what does this day fall on? But it falls on what day for us? Friday. Or Thursday night or early Friday would be for us Good Friday. This would be the day that we are celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we'll talk more about that on Friday. This, this lamb would be, the blood of this lamb would actually protect the family of, uh, the, is, the Jewish family in the house would be protected from the death angel that was coming around to slay the firstborn. And so the, the blood of this lamb, without blemish, without spot, was to deliver Israel from, from their bondage of Egypt. Okay, remember that. This is the first time that we see this happen. Later on down the road in Jewish history, we see this date come up again in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. This was the day that the king, um, Xerxes, issued a decree allowing the Jews, this is 483 years after he issued this decree, allowed the Jews to leave bondage of in Persia to come back and build their temple. Okay? That was on the 10th. The next day, the next, the next mention that we see of this day is in Daniel 9.25. And it said, this was the day that Daniel is saying that the, the Messiah would come to the temple and present himself. And that is actually, Daniel 9.25 is actually a prophecy of what we celebrate today as Palm Sunday. And so we see that this day is a very significant day in Jewish history. As a matter of fact, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, a colt, a fowl of a donkey. Zechariah 9, 9. This is Old Testament prophecy of something that was going to happen several hundred years later. And that was this day that we are celebrating today, 2,000 years ago. We see that on this day in Mark chapter 11, which we just read, verses 9 through 11, this is the day to the day, to the exact day, Nisan, the 10th day of Nisan, was the exact day that Jesus rides in on a colt and... Uh, the people are crying out the same cry in Psalm 118 and Zechariah 9, verse 9. They're singing out, singing Hosanna to the, to the king, and they're celebrating their king. Now, did Israel know this? Didn't they read the Bible? Not, Daniel 9, verse 25 is actually hundreds of years before this happened. God says to Israel, know this. If you read Daniel 9.25, it says this, know this. He's telling them, remember this date. Remember this date. Because this is the day when your king is going to be walking into Jerusalem on a colt, and they will be singing, and he will enter into the temple, and he will present himself. And as a matter of fact, Nisan 10 was also a day when, remember in Exodus chapter 12, the families had to get a lamb and they had to bring it to the priest, and the priest had to okay it. That was on the 10th day of Nisan. And this is the same thing. God is bringing in his lamb into Jerusalem to present it to the priests for them to examine him. And for the next four or five days that Jesus is in Jerusalem, he is being examined, and he's being uh, looked at, and he's being 
uh, with a fine-tooth comb, he's being uh, analyzed of who is this man. And this is, this is according to Jewish prophecy. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing, God's timetable? That God has a timetable for our personal lives. That God has thing, that God is in so much control, much more than we even can imagine. The, the, the presentation of Christ to the temple was huge. Because as he goes there, the whole world, the whole entire nation is looking at their Savior. And he's walking in, and he begins this week of, of, of ministry in Jerusalem. We want to look at this in a practical way, that, that when we look at, and as Pastor Wood said, it was so great, it was, I was so touched by what he said, when we look at our lives, we sometimes wonder, what is the provision for my life, and what is the provision for my sin or my shortcomings? God provides a lamb. And a lamb is a lamb that is to take upon himself the sins of the whole world. And that is for you and I. He is a personal lamb. He's a lamb that is so personal, so caring, and so loving that he took upon himself the sins of the whole world. After the four days of the little lamb being in that house in Exodus chapter 12. Then the head of the household had to take the lamb and to slay it and then put the blood on the doorposts. And there was a measure of heartbreak in that because, I'm sure, because people became fond of this lamb. And also for Israel, for Jerusalem, for the Jewish people, there was a measure of heartbreak after seeing their Savior abide with them uh, for three years, and then for those four or five days in Jerusalem, they had to see him be sacrificed and to be and to be a to be just slain on a cross. The only people that knew that Jesus was coming on that day on Nisan ten were the Pharisees and the scribes. They knew exactly what day he was coming. They knew it. It was there was no. There was no question in the Pharisees' minds in John chapter 3 that this was the Christ. As a matter of fact, Nicodemus said in John chapter 3, he said, We know that you are from God. The Pharisees knew that this was Jesus Christ. They knew that this was the Messiah of Israel. They knew that this was going to be the future king. They knew who this was. But yet the Pharisees had so much of a control on the Mosaic law, and they had such a control over people, they had such a they had so, so had so changed the law of Moses to uh, manipulate people that they were not going to give up control and they were not going to they were not going to sur- surrender and submit to the the authority of God. In John chapter six, we see that so many people were following Christ. He was he was um, multiplying the bread. There was. 5,000 people that were fed, but it's very possible that there was 25,000 people there because when it says that there were 5,000 men, that just counts the men. There could have been much more than 5,000 people at the, at the, um, the breaking of bread, at the miracle of the bread and the fishes. And so when they, people were following Jesus, they were like, hey, we are going to follow him. He's the bread maker. He's, he, is a, he is the new trend. Um, 
You know, thousands of people were following him. And Jesus discerned this. Jesus saw the motives of people and what people were saying to each other that, hey, you know what, I'm going to go with this guy because he's going places and he's he's a mover and a shaker and he's very high profile and it's really cool to be associated with, with Jesus right now. But Jesus discerned that and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. You cannot be partakers of the kingdom. And that was very, very hard for the Jews to assimilate, to accept, because it really bordered on cannibalism, didn't it? And when someone would say that, you would think that they're a cannibal. And for the Jewish mind that was so set on ceremonies and, and uh, just the differences between what you can eat and what you cannot eat, and the sensitivity of things, it was like a huge slap in the face uh, for many people that... Jesus at that point became very controversial. And many, many people that day left him. And they did not follow him anymore. Jesus came into Jerusalem through a gate in Psalm 118 that was specially assigned that he would come in through in that day. And when he came in, people rejoiced and they, 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 they worshipped him and they cried, Hosanna. But many, unfortunately, of those same people a week later were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And that's the way it goes, isn't it, unfortunately, is that the same people that will praise, that will, that will exalt you, or they will exalt God, or they will speak, uh, will be the same people that may call for your crucifixion or God's crucifixion the next week. To put this all together is this, is that Jesus offered himself willingly, not because he had something to gain out of it, but because of his great love for the Jewish nation. We know that just as he was on his way to that point where he was going to walk in, I mean, ride in on the colt, he stopped on a hill and he looked over Jerusalem and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, I would have gathered you as a hen would gather its young the love of Christ for people is amazing. And He is the living, loving Savior that wants to dramatically change people's lives. There's no way that we could ever consider the life of Christ and not be greatly changed and not be changed by this great love. As it was said earlier this morning that the goal of God in our life is not that we would stop sinning. This is That wasn't said, but the point I'm making is from this point that we heard earlier. God is like not out to stop the world from sinning. But that's not, I mean, if that was the case, he would have brought in even more of a severe law, more of, a, more of an iron fist, and he would have ruled people like a, like a megalomaniac. But that was not the purpose of God. The eternal purpose of God and sending Jesus into Jerusalem to be the Savior of, for the Jews, the Messiah for the Jews and the Savior of the world, was not that we would stop sinning and that we would change our behavior. He came in to dramatically change people. And that happens through dealing with the main cause of human sickness today, and that is sin. And that is, He died for sin. Now, how do we make this practical? Sometimes people say, well, my sin, I'm struggling with this problem, I have this history, and all of this. And people um, 
hold on to their their problems and their sin as like their own possession. Like this is my sin, this is my problem, this is my guilt, this is my shame, my regret. And how many times have we said that? This is my problem. But you know something? God wants to divorce you and I from being married to our sin, the memory of our sin and the memory of our past. And how does he do that? He has to crucify he has to crucify sin in the flesh. He has to judge it and he has to pay for it. And that's what happens in Romans 8 verse 3. I love this verse. I quote it all the time in our church, Romans 8 verse 3, that in the likeness of sinful flesh he died and paying for sin in the flesh. I, for me that's like that's one of the most important Bible verses in my Christianity that he came in John 1 verse 16 John 1, 14, 15, and 16, he came and dwelt among us like in sinful flesh. And he took upon himself all of our mistakes, all of our doubts, all of our fear, all of our worldliness, all of our dysfunctions, all of our secret problems. He took that upon himself and he endured the contradiction of sinners in Hebrews chapter 12 because there was a joy that was set before him and that was you and I. Today... On Palm Sunday, we're not necessarily celebrating this, which is great. The green people would like this. But we are celebrating a personal lamb. A personal lamb. A personal savior. A lamb that came into our household. That came into our life. That came into our, our, our situation. And took upon himself everything that could have been for us unbearable and he bore it for us and took it to the cross and crucified it and so today we can really rejoice in this Easter week because this week it marks a week of just freedom and salvation from all the bondages that can come in through Egypt and I would encourage you to take the take this week and Read through, starting uh, in chapter 11, read through to the end of Mark just this week and so that by next Sunday we can look at this together and celebrate Easter. So that is like a little homework for you this week. Read Mark chapter 11 through the end of the book of Mark and just think about what Jesus was doing every day and how he ministered. And we have a special movie Friday night to celebrate our Good Friday, and I want to invite you all, 7 o'clock, bring friends if you have to. I mean, if you can, not if you have to, but if you can. <laughs> and um, we're going to have an awesome time. Amen? Amen? So let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank